Ladies and gentlemen, cue the circus music. Wait, nothing's playing. Oh, I'm sorry. This is real life. Supreme Court gives Native Americans jurisdiction over eastern half of Oklahoma. That's right. If you live in Tulsa, according to the Supreme Court, you are now under the jurisdiction of the Muscogee Nation and that the state has no right to prosecute you for crimes. Ted Cruz said that SCOTUS literally just gave away half of Oklahoma. Boy, (laughs) if there was going to be some kind of civil war, I'd imagine this would be a major catalyst for it. Basically, what happened is the Supreme Court heard an argument that a violent criminal who was arrested in 1997, convicted, he argued, you can't prosecute me because this is Native American territory going back to 1866. And now we've got an official ruling finally in the year 2020. It was a five to four decision. And they said, you know what? Yes, half of Oklahoma was never properly established as Oklahoma, and it's still the Muscogee Nation. Native Americans now have full jurisdiction over this, sending shockwaves through many other states. I'm not joking. It's literally happening. As Ted Cruz puts it again, the Supreme Supreme Court just gave half the state away. Listen, I understand the history of this nation, conquering lands, taking over uh, territory, westward expansion and all that stuff. And you can be critical of it, but these things have happened. To now reverse hundreds of years of precedent and development and economic expansion of America because imprecise language. Now, I'm sorry, man. Look, what you know, I I saw I saw a tweet the other day that from the outside, it looks like America is falling apart. Maybe that's what this is, because let me now tell you what comes next. You see, under this precedent that this territory was never properly established as an American state, and it is still a Native American nation. You have to realize there's many other Native American nations that were conquered by colonists and by early American settlers that we now just consider to be part of America, but will in fact no longer arguably be part of these states. I actually have a map of Native American territories, nations, which may fall under this. Now, I'm not a legal expert, I've talked to, I've reached out to some people. No one really knows where we go from here. The fear now is that there's over 1,700 convicted criminals in, say, Tulsa, the second largest city in the state, an American city that do not fall under the jurisdiction of the state, but they do fall under the jurisdiction of the Muscogee Nation and the federal government, which means these people released because their convictions will not be upheld if the state does not have jurisdiction. I got to say, man, I don't think the people who live there are in Oklahoma anymore based on this ruling. There's no higher court in the Supreme Court. There it is. You live in Tulsa. You live in eastern Oklahoma. Congratulations. You're on Native American territory now. And they set their own rules. Justice Alito said something to the effect of imagine people waking up to find out they're no longer under the jurisdiction of Oklahoma, but of the Native American reservation. Yeah, they're going to have new rules for you. I wonder what this means. I I don't know. I don't know. But I got to say, I laughed for a long time. They say, you know, Trump says there's a cultural revolution occurring, that there's a far left that seeks to destroy this country and overturn and things like that. And the media will tell you it's not happening. Well, apparently it's even in the Supreme Court. And here you go. Here we go, man. We have set the stage for a wave of suits of Native Americans now reclaiming long since lost territories. And why not? Why not? 
Supreme Court said so, right? Now, you can argue that this is America. It's conquered land for over several hundred years. Supreme Court disagrees. Even with Donald Trump appointing his justices, this is the path we are heading down. Now, some people have pointed out, you know, maybe Trump will intervene to some capacity. Maybe. Maybe Presidential Directive 51 kicks in and Trump says, no way can we allow the Supreme Court to give away <laughs> state jurisdiction. Well, let's let's read this and see what they're talking about. And, and we can only speculate, I suppose. Before we get started, make sure you head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box if you want to send stuff. The best thing you can do is share this uh, share this video I'm sorry, man. I'm just going to laugh about this because this seems like the most shocking ruling I've ever seen in my life. And uh, yeah, some people are pretty pessimistic about where we go from here, but seems like, hey, maybe the American empire can't last forever, huh? Well, surprisingly, when I tweeted this out, didn't seem like a lot of people understood the ramifications of this, nor did they care. If you think I do a good job in discussing these issues, I'm going to read the story. Then please consider sharing this. Although I'm not sure it'll matter at some point, we'll see. But uh, if you just want to watch, hit the like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell. Let's read the story from USA Today. Supreme Court gives Native Americans jurisdiction over eastern half of Oklahoma. The Supreme Court ruled Thursday that the eastern half of Oklahoma can be considered Native American territory, a decision the state warned could create civil, criminal, and regulatory turmoil. The five to four decision was written by Associate Justice Neil Gorsuch, who joined the, uh, the court's four liberal justices. The justices considered the issue for the second time after failing to decide a different case last year when Gorsuch, Gorsuch, whatever, was recused and the court likely deadlocked. The case concerned an appeal from Jimmy McGirt, a Native American who claimed his state conviction from 1997 should be overturned because Oklahoma lacked jurisdiction. Congress, his lawyer, Ian Gershengorn said, never properly terminated the reservation. 1907, mind you. During oral arguments in May, the justices reached back to 1907 to determine whether Congress, using imprecise language, failed to disestablish the 1866 boundaries of the reservation. If so, virtually half of Oklahoma, home to 1.8 million residents and including Tulsa, where Donald Trump recently held a controversial campaign rally amid a global pandemic, would remain subject to federal criminal laws. Well, if you live in Tulsa, you may be frantically panicking now, wishing you attended that rally. And I'm sure 1.8 million people are voting for Trump come November. What are they going to do? Are you going to vote for Joe Biden and agree that where you live? Listen, man, if I was born in 1986, I don't know anything about what happened in 1907. You mean to tell me that if you were born in 1986 in, Oak, in Tulsa, they're now like, oh, that that, you know, that house you had when you're a kid? Nah, that's <laughs> a different country now. It's an it's a, that's the Muskegee Nation under federal jurisdiction. Mind you, I have to imagine this is there's going to be revolt, political revolt. Here's what they say. If so, virtually half of Oklahoma, home to 1.8 million residents, including Tulsa, would uh, uh, they, yeah, 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 would remain subject to federal criminal laws only, I suppose. Quote, we do not pretend to foretell the future, and we proceed well aware of the potential for cost and conflict around jurisdictional boundaries, especially ones that have gone unappreciated for so long, Gorsuch wrote. But it is unclear why pessimism should rule the day. With the passage of time, 
Oklahoma and its tribes have proven they can work successfully together as partners. The federal government promised the Muscogee Creek Nation a reservation in perpetuity, Gorsuch wrote, adding that while Congress has diminished the sanctuary over time, lawmakers had never withdrawn the promised reservation. As a result, many of the arguments before us today follow a sadly familiar pattern. Yes, promises were made, but the price of keeping them has become too great. So now we should just cast a blind eye. We reject that thinking. Wow. Chief Justice John Roberts, in a dissenting opinion, said that Congress made no attempt to conceal its intention to, di- to disestablish reservation lands. The court suggests that Congress sought to tiptoe to the edge of disestablishment. Quite the opposite. Through an open and concerted effort, Congress did what it set out to do, transform a reservation into a state. He's right. I'm not a lawyer. But as far as I can tell, Oklahoma is a state. <laughs> like, it's not a secret that, that this is, these are the boundaries of the state. It's been a state for a long time. They have senators. They have members of Congress in these areas. What happens? I ask you now, what happens? I don't know. To the members of Congress who represent the Tulsa area, are they going to carve that out and be like, Oklahoma, you just lost some electoral votes? I have no idea. It's federal jurisdiction now, right? So no, they'll still have their electoral votes. But mind you, I, I, I'm not an expert on, on, on Native American territory, so you'll need to look this up. But one of the big concerns about Washington, D.C. is that as a, a territory under federal jurisdiction, they, are, they, they do not have representation in Congress, which is states, right? If this territory is now no longer under Oklahoma jurisdiction, it's under federal jurisdiction, do they lose their congressional representation? They'll retain their electoral votes, but do they lose congressional representation? Perhaps. And what if the senator, senators live there? Nah, you got to move. Sorry. Let's say, uh, uh, they say, the state's solicitor general, Mithin Mansinghani, had warned in May that a ruling for Native Americans could require the release of more than 1,700 inmates. That didn't sit well with several justices who feared a chaotic overhaul of long decided criminal cases. What makes this case hard is that there have been hundreds, hundreds of prosecutions, some very heinous offenses of the state law. On your view, they would all become undone, Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg told Gershengorn. Won't residents be surprised to learn that they are living on a reservation and that they are now subject to laws imposed by a body that is not accountable to them in any way? Samuel Alito asked. Now, let me ask you something. Oklahoma, you're probably going to vote red, I'd imagine. You're going to give your electoral votes to Donald J. Trump. What if you live in a swing state? Let me just remind you that if you live in, say, Michigan, oh, this is going to get juicy. I'm sorry. Your whole state is Native American territory. If California, California is too. I mean, this is going to be weird. Uh, What do you think is going to happen when these blue states New York, for instance, when they vote in someone like Joe Biden, who appoints more leftist Supreme Court nominee, you know, uh, justices who then agree the the territory belongs to Native Americans. You in your somewhat red state will now lose your territory because of blue states who don't care. This will be interesting. I I don't I don't exactly know what the ramifications will be. But as 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 we've we've read, at least from you today, the ruling means they fall under federal jurisdiction, not state jurisdiction. They say in last year's case, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit ruled the state lacked jurisdiction to prosecute a gruesome murder because it happened within three million acres belonging to the Muskegee Nation. The ruling threatened more than 19 million acres in eastern Oklahoma, once inhabited by five Native American tribes. Within hours 
of Thursday's ruling, the state and, uh, and five nation, Native American nations released a statement promising cooperation. The nations and the state are committed to implementing a framework of shared jurisdiction that will preserve sovereign interests and rights to self-government while affirming jurisdictional understandings, procedures, laws, and regulations that support public safety, our economy, and private property rights, they said. We will continue our work confident that we can accomplish more together than any of us could alone. So for now, it seems that you as new uh, residents of a sovereign nation under federal jurisdiction, I don't know how this works, to be honest. You're no longer residents of Oklahoma, I guess, but they're going to uphold things as they are. Well, for how long, though? And to what end? Now that they've been granted all this infrastructure, like Tulsa, for instance, wouldn't they want to collect taxes on their behalf and not the, not behalf of Oklahoma? Why wouldn't they now use this ruling to say, I'm sorry, all of the you know property taxes from Tulsa will go to us, not the state? I don't know. I don't. We'll see how things play out. But as I mentioned, Ted Cruz ain't taking it lightly. Neil Gorsuch and the four liberal justices just gave away half of Oklahoma, literally. Manhattan is next. To which Brett Chapman, who is a Native American attorney, has said, you can't give that which you stole. And yes, other places are next. So perhaps I wonder what places are next. Well, first, let me show you this here map from the Oklahoman. And this is, a, this is an older story where they talked about, this is from uh, last year, last June, they talked about the potential ruling here. Now, what we're seeing on this map is the territory that has been ceded. You can see it. The, the, the orange eastern half is now under Native American jurisdiction. That's a lot of people, isn't it? I don't know. If you're from Tulsa, comment below. Let me know what you think. Well, I got a bigger map here. This is Indian land areas judicially established in 1978 and American Indian reservations. This is not necessarily the right map we would need to use because you could argue that, you know, the original colonies or certain territories did properly or didn't properly. Here's the point. You see all of these areas here on this map. For those that are listening, it's, 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 it's the United States. And it's got the Native American territories over much of the country. How many of these jurisdictions, of these territories, of these reservations were granted, but then the treaties were violated? I would argue that a lot of them are. Now, one of the big fears presented in this, uh, uh, in this story from USA Today was that it's going to negatively affect many other states who have the same, uh, same uh, situations. Check this out. They say last year, 10 states from Maine to Texas to Montana warned the boundaries of tribal lands have jurisdictional consequences there as well. They said a decision in the tribe's favor, quote, would be confusing and costly at best and disastrous at worst, affecting health and energy policy, environmental regulation, economic, economic development and taxes. Why, that's right. Now, those of us over here on the East Coast seem to be fine because that territory was take was, was conquered hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But since the establishment of these United States, there has been westward expansion. Throughout that westward expansion, the United States has conquered, yes, conquered territory that belonged to Native Americans. Since then, we have considered the overwhelming, you know, from sea to shining sea, this country is an American country. Within it, there are Native American reservations. They are under federal jurisdiction, and there are a lot of problems. I actually investigated this a bit for, uh, for Vice. We we're going to do a big story on the crimes that get committed in these territories and how the federal government doesn't actually do anything. They just ignore it because they're like, hey, that's Native American. We don't care. 
Look at this map. So we can see here in Oklahoma, the eastern half, like I pointed out. Well, there you go. They got that back. What about over here? What about these boundaries? What about the entirety of California? And yes, in response to this, we're seeing on Twitter people saying, now do San Francisco. Why? I got to be honest with, 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 with you. It seems to be the case that while we did grant treaties to Native American tribes to give them land throughout the westward expansion throughout the 1800s, we kind of just trampled all over those treaties. Now, I don't respect, I, 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 I have no uh, respect for what, you know, uh, our ancestors did. Well, I shouldn't necessarily say mine because I'm fairly certain my family wasn't even here. But uh, uh, previous Americans did a thing. Okay, here's my issue. Are we going to go back to every single country everywhere? Or at least just in the US and say we're breaking apart the US? All right, well, there you go. You can see what that means. The original 13 colonies, the eastern region will collapse into all that's left of the US. Or actually something else might happen. Under the existing rulings, federal government has jurisdiction. If we revert all of these territories back to the Native Americans, they will still exist under federal jurisdiction. The only thing that I can see happening, I, I guess, if, if, this, if we're going to go to the most extreme direction possible, Congress, as we know it, would be reshaped, would, 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 re, would reform in many different ways. We would dramatically lose uh, members of Congress, like the, the amount of people we have. Senators, for instance, we'd have substantially less senators. And the country would become a federal one, a federal country. If this starts getting worse and chaos breaks out, civil unrest, fight over jurisdiction, then I, I could honestly imagine Donald Trump invoking National Security Presidential Directive 51, where he will overrule a Supreme Court, dissolve our government as it exists and create a new constitutional government. Look into, look into Directive 51. We now run the risk based on the collection of taxes. Who represents this area to Congress, if anyone at all? In which case, this precedent risks breaking us apart. It does. Now, I don't know. Maybe it becomes nothing, but I really don't see it becoming nothing. I don't because taxes will immediately be an issue. Oklahoma's budget is going to be just devastated. And there are areas of Oklahoma that rely on tax revenue from Tulsa. Maybe they don't have a right to it anymore. And the power granted to the Native American tribes, they're going to start expanding and building. They're going to start using that, uh, those resources of Tulsa, perhaps for more lawsuits, which perhaps they will win under this precedent. Or maybe come November, this is the moment when Americans start freaking out and they sweep every layer of government with Republicans saying, please don't let our country fall apart or not. Or maybe the country falls apart. I don't know at this point. This just happened. Y'all laughed at me when I said things were getting crazy. No, nah, I'm kidding. Yeah, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'll tell you what. Well, there's more. Don't don't worry. These great United States may stand strong or maybe not. Have you heard of the Breathe Act? Yeah, I covered it a couple days ago. Squad members are proposing a wide ranging bill that slashes police funds, give reparations and would allow non-citizens to vote in state and local elections. Well, there you go. It's coming. It's happening. Yeah, you know, and what does Nancy Pelosi say? Oh, she doesn't care about the statues being torn down. People will do what they do, she says. Are, are you kidding me? People broke the law when they tore the statute. I don't care if it was what the ideology was. They broke the law. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care. I don't know what to tell you, man. Donald Trump is leaning heavy into the culture war for his reelection. 
And according to Politico, his aides worry the world has changed. It's not going to work anymore. Talk about the economy, they say. I don't know, man. The Supreme Court just gave away half of Oklahoma. That's not an exaggeration to say. I can't believe it's real life. 2020 is the craziest year ever. Did you know there's a story going around about them finding sharks in a volcano? (laughs) We had murder hornets, volcano sharks, Oklahoma's split in half. Can't say life is boring, I guess. So maybe the culture war is the right thing to to talk about. What's going to happen when this news breaks and Americans start asking the question, will my city, will my state be next? Will I wake up one day in a foreign country? Will my values be completely displaced by a group of people who are, have, have no, are, are not accountable to me? And think about this. While the federal government does maintain jurisdiction over the eastern half, half of Oklahoma, what happens if tribal leaders form their own police who enforce their own laws on the residents of Tulsa? Who's going to stop them? Now, now, they will have rights under the Constitution. But what? Their jurisdiction, they can do what they want, right? They can legalize gambling. I guess a lot of people will be happy about that. Maybe, maybe this becomes a good thing. Maybe the Native Americans embrace a more libertarian philosophy and it becomes a bastion of real, you know, economic growth and development because people can go there and they're protected under the federal government, but they'll have, you know, these state laws being repealed. I have, I honestly, I, I have no idea. But I do believe that Trump may be right about leaning into the culture war. Trump can come up at his next rally and say, I can't believe it, but the Supreme Court has ruled that the eastern half of Oklahoma is no longer under the jurisdiction of the state and is now under the jurisdiction of the Native Americans. You need to understand what they're saying, that if you are in Tulsa and you commit a crime, the state can't enforce anything against you. Perhaps uh, the the local government can put you in jail or something. The state can't. So you could commit a crime and say Oklahoma City, flee to Tulsa, and then you're outside their jurisdiction. The feds would have to come in at that point. And maybe they won't. Or maybe the, the new Tulsa government. So, or so the Native Americans are going to cooperate as it stands now. But I, don't be surprised if in the next couple of years, they start demanding tax revenue. They start forming their own national uh, police forces and laws and regulations. And you know what? Hey, more power to them. You know why? It's what you get with the Supreme Court. If Donald Trump doesn't win and Joe Biden gets in and he's potentially going to fill two Supreme Court seats, then don't be surprised. And I know it might sound silly, but I just showed you the story. This happened. Don't be surprised if in 2021 under Joe Biden, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and, you know, I can't remember who else, some other people retire and some uh, far left or liberal justices are appointed. I shouldn't even say liberal. And they start ruling no, all these other Native Americans deserve their land back too. And the states start fracturing and dissolving. Maybe there's a net positive that the country just becomes a federal country and there's no more Congress or something. I don't know. Maybe there's a positive in there somewhere. I have no idea. I don't think it's fair to say that our country as we, as we know it is, um, I think the country as we knew it 10 years ago is already gone. You take a look at the ideologies that's bubbling up. You take a look at the factional violence. You take a look at now the Supreme Court ruling. You take a look at what they're doing in New York. They're painting Black Lives Matter, morality policing. I hate crime for you if you paint over it, but it's permitted if you want to paint it. You can, you can dance on a highway and no one will arrest you. And uh, if you get into an accident, they'll charge you with a crime and put you in prison. I think we could, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm not saying this is the end, but I do think that the country is breaking apart in many different ways. 
And if you think the track we are on does not get worse, I'm sorry, you are wrong. Something must be done to reverse reverse course immediately. And I think one of the most important things is an, is, is, is an overhaul of Section 230 to restore speech rights on social media platforms so that people can start speaking up and pushing back against this. I'll tell you what, though, if if there are, if I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man, it is not an exaggeration to say that this may be the most important election of our lives. I believe that with Nancy Pelosi saying she doesn't care about statues being torn down, the Democrats will do nothing to preserve the union. Yeah, I mean, it's really that dire, isn't it? I don't know, man. I, I, I can't believe this. I can't believe this story. I just can't believe it. Something must be wrong. Ted Cruz said it. They gave away half of Oklahoma. So what comes next? Under a blue wave, Joe Biden presidency, he's too weak. He'll appoint, you know, liberal Supreme Courts, leftists, I should say. I should stop saying liberal. It's not fair. And then uh, what do you get? The fracturing of the states, factional violence, an increase in crime, a defunding of police. I mean, all of these things are happening. How many grains of sand until you have a heap? They just gave jurisdiction of Oklahoma, half of it, to Native Americans. They're literally disbanding the police department in in Minneapolis. This ideology is sweeping all of our major corporations. People are being canceled and banned. Speech is being shut down. What more do you need for me to say, hey, this is getting crazy, huh? Civil war? I don't know. What more do you need? I guess we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens come November. I think if there was ever anything to light a fire under people, this story would be it because it seems almost unreal, like it's not really happening. Yeah, we'll find out. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Attorney General William P. Barr has announced the launch of Operation Legend. The feds are coming in to help assist with law enforcement in cities across the country. As many of you know, crime has been skyrocketing, not just regular old crime, political violence, rioting. But yes, regular shootings, burglaries, murders are on the rise in cities across the country. And many people have been saying, when will the DOJ and the feds get involved and actually start dealing with this? Because unfortunately, the Democrats who run these cities where the crime is breaking out aren't doing anything. The other day on the IRL podcast, I was actually, I asked the question, I I, I was complaining. What, what's going on? We've got people blocking highways and no one does anything about it. This is federal jurisdiction. When are they going to come and actually start arresting these people who are engaging in a sustained effort to weaken or dismantle our economy? We just heard from Ilhan Omar where she said, you know, the economy and the political systems create inequity. And so long as these systems exist, we must strive to dismantle systems of oppression or whatever. And many people took that to be her saying, dismantle the economy, dismantle the political system. And that makes sense when you take a look at everything they've tried destroying. The violence seems to be on the rise. The rioting has not stopped. Portland is being besieged. Well, hey, here we are. Bill Barr is coming in. Now, here's what's interesting. We have, some, we have, we have a poll here. This was published by, I believe it was Express. They say, Shock election poll. Black Lives Matter protests will get Trump reelected. Now, this I can't say is surprising, but there's a lot of data polls suggesting Trump is going to lose. And I don't think you can ignore this just because we have two or three polls coming out right now saying Trump is actually going to win doesn't mean he will. It really just means we don't know. And maybe that's the goal. It is a fact. 
that psychologically people want to vote for the winner. And when polls come out saying this person is going to win, people, many people just say, okay, I'll vote for that person. But now we have some polls and some reason to believe that the data could favor Donald Trump. For one, many of these polls that claim Trump is way down, and this is, this is published by Politico. They said that the pollsters have never figured out how to reach non-college educated white voters, which is what got Trump vote, uh, elected in 2016. And that may be true now. However, another, uh, another forecasting model suggests that the primary votes predict the winner with complete historical accuracy. In fact, the guy who produced this predicted Trump would win in 2016 and says that Trump has a 91% chance to win re-election now. So maybe what we're really seeing is an effort by uh, people in media to convince you that Trump can't win and to give up, or they're just so biased. They're doing the same thing they did with Hillary Clinton, and they're sitting there laughing about how they got this in the bag and Trump could never win. And we'll see what happens. Because I will tell you this, with Attorney General Bill Barr launching Operation Legend, it's starting in Kansas City. I like it. I do. These are the things that I have been talking about. And I'll tell you what, man, maybe that's their goal. Why hasn't Trump or Barr or anybody gone in and actually started enforcing laws? Maybe they want it to simmer a little bit so that people like me, moderates, get angry, demand action, and then when they do it, feel satisfied. I'm not trying to allege that they're doing it on purpose because I don't know, right? I'm just entertaining the idea from sort of a devil's advocate you know, kind of perspective. I'll just tell you this. With Trump announcing the Garden of Heroes, that made me very happy. With Trump announcing that they were going to send out Federal Protective Services and DHS to protect statues, made me very happy. The launching of Operation Legend also makes me very happy. And so because of these efforts, for me, and this is what I've been seeing, I'm becoming satisfied with the job being done. I think Trump is doing the right thing to actually start dealing with the widespread violence. And the Democrats have only encouraged it, ignoring the riots. Now, they can try and play the game where they're like, we're just supporting the peaceful protests, but I just beg them, please denounce the far left. No. What do we get? Nadler comes out and says, imaginary things like Antifa. They're not imaginary. They've sent me death threats. I just got death threats like the other day. They threaten me all the time. And they're avowed. They fly the banner. They fly the flag. I understand it's not like they're part of a, a, a they have chapter meetings. Wait, no, actually they do. It's not, it's not one big parent organization. They have small cells, but they exist. The Democrats ignore this and the Democrats entertain and promote the protests, which harbors the far left, the violence and the destruction. Why won't they denounce it? Why won't they call it out? Why do they ignore it? I don't know, man, because maybe they want Trump to win. Is that the game? You think Sleepy Joe is going to do anything to protect us? There's no way when when right now we are dealing with widespread rioting, violence, vandalism, children being killed, that Joe Biden is, is I, I can't imagine people perceive him as being the guy who's going to step up and shut this down. Maybe they're thinking that they can hold you hostage. That's it, right? The Democrats are going to keep promoting and entertaining this stuff until you vote for them, then they'll tell everyone to stop. It's like a racket. You want the violence to go away. You want your business back. Look, look fat. Well, the violence will stop when you vote for me. Remember when Hillary Clinton said that civility can return when we win or something, something to that effect. Now, I'm not playing that game. Drop the hammer on these people. You want to destroy. You want to attack people. You want to be a criminal. You want to be violent. Then I want to see Bill Barr come in and drop the hammer. He's starting with Kansas City. Let's read the statement from the DOJ. They say today, 
Attorney General William P. Barr announces the launch of Operation Legend, a sustained, systematic and coordinated law enforcement initiative across all federal enforcement agencies working in conjunction with state and local law enforcement officials to fight the sudden surge of violent crime beginning in Kansas City, Missouri. Operation Legend was created as a result of President Trump's promise to assist Americans, America's cities that are plagued by recent violence. I like it. Listen, I'll tell you what. You want to talk COVID? I'll talk COVID. But right now, my concern is the collapsing economy and my concern, they are immediate. Here's a lesson. Okay, let me give you some advice for the left and the Democrats. When you come out repeatedly and say things like COVID is Trump's fault, that is meaningless. It offers me nothing. They're telling, they're telling us now that if we want to go outside New Jersey, no matter what, we got to wear a mask. Okay, I get it. COVID is happening. I don't know when you say it's Trump's fault what that means. When you say something like, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo put COVID patients in nursing homes, that's something tangible. That's what the right says. And I say, wow, that results in, in, in death. When they say they're shutting down the economy, they're, you know, they're, they're taking away your jobs for these reasons, I understand that maybe I won't hold it against them. But when the Democratic politicians also come out at the same time and say, good for you protests, but no 4th of July, that is tangible. That's me saying you have made the problem worse. So I want to know what the solution is. I'll tell you what's going on. I've got concerns. How do we recover the economy? How do we get back on track? And how do we stop the violence? What are we getting from Donald Trump? He's talking about building statues, honoring our heroes, because I actually listen to what he says. I don't just follow the media. Maybe people don't hear that. I ask the Democrats what they offer, and they say everybody should wear a mask. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. But you're not telling me what you're going to do other than you shutting down the economy is hurting things. But you're simultaneously promoting these protests, which results in violence. And then you say Antifa is imaginary, Nadler. That to me sounds like the Democrats are offering up a net negative and Donald Trump is offering up a net positive. I'm not saying that Trump is going to solve every problem or is doing the, a good, even doing a good job. I'm saying that if I'm looking to dig myself out of a hole, it's a joke, then why would I vote for Democrats who are going down when Donald Trump is, is, is pushing dirt into the hole to which I can stand on? That's not a good thing. It's not a good feeling. But at least at some point I can climb out, right? This law enforcement effort is the right thing because violence has been escalating. And it wasn't Trump and it wasn't Barr who have been encouraging people to go out and continue to protest on, on highways, for instance. No, it's the Democrats and Mayor Durkin in Seattle who allowed this to continue. It's Atlanta who allowed this to continue. And who's stepping up to solve the problem? Bill Barr. Yep. Jenny Durkin of Seattle didn't do anything until they went to her house. Now, this may be late. Fine, but the federal government doesn't enforce state and local laws. For the most part, there are certain instances where they can. My question is, with these protesters for 19 days doing the stupid shuffle dance or whatever on the highway, can't the feds come in? Am I wrong about this? Can't the feds come in and be like, yo, you're on an interstate that's federal jurisdiction? We're going to arrest you? They didn't want to do it. Now, now, to, now, now somebody died and a guy's going to go to prison for, for a vehicular homicide charge up in Seattle. Let's keep reading. Operation Legend is named after four-year-old legend Talaferro, who was shot and killed while he slept early in the morning of June 29th in Kansas City, the latest in a string of violence to plague Kansas City in recent weeks. Kansas City has already reached 100 homicides this year, a 40% increase from last year. Quote, President Trump has made clear the federal government stands ready and willing to assist any of our state and local enforcement partners across the nation responding to violent crime. 
Operation Legend will combine federal and local resources to combat the disturbing uptick in violence by surging federal agents and other federal assets into cities like Kansas City, a city currently experiencing its worst homicide rate in history, said General Barr, Attorney General Barr. The department's Operation Legend is named in honor of one of Kansas City's youngest victims, four-year-old legend Talaferro, who was shot in the face while sleeping in his bed. Legend, Legend's death is a horrifying reminder that violent crime left unchecked is a threat to us all and cannot be allowed to continue. As part of Operation Legend, Attorney General Barr directed federal agents from the FBI, U.S. Marshal Service, DEA, and ATF to surge resources to Kansas City in the coming weeks to help state and local officials fight the surge of violent crime. They will be working alongside state and local law enforcement agencies. Department of Justice assets will continue over 100 FBI agents, U.S. Marshals, DEA agents, and ATF uh, will include over 100 FBI, U.S. Marshal, DEA, and ATF agents. In addition, Timothy A. Garrison, U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Missouri, will be surging additional resources from his office to ensure he is available to handle an anticipated increase in prosecutions. Bring it on. I don't look, I look, the political violence makes me angry. Antifa, the far left, the Black Lives Matter extremists say in Atlanta who killed these people. I want to see these people prosecuted. But there's regular old crime too. When the police are demoralized and they're calling in sick and you're trying to defund or abolish them, you are going to have weakened law enforcement. Trump is bolstering this, resisting the far left. I, I respect that. Where are the Democrats? They have been entertaining and placating this group because I tell you, man, they think they can wield that power to get them elected, but they don't understand that the, the, the people that they have enlisted to help them win. In fact, what they have done is going to guarantee a Donald Trump victory. Okay, maybe a little exaggerated. It will lend itself to a Donald Trump victory. Check this out. The fallout from the Black Lives Matter protests in the U.S. offers Donald Trump his best chance of winning the presidential election. A shock poll for the Sunday Express has revealed. Donald Trump down in the polls, a faltering economy, collapsing. We, we, we've got delinquencies in mortgage-backed securities. We've got, I think it's like 32% of U.S. households. Let's check this out. 32% of U.S. households missed their July housing payments. These are bad, bad. These are bad things for Trump, man. And many people say this crippled economy. It doesn't matter if it was Trump's fault or not. People are going to say, I vote for change. And maybe they'll vote for Joe Biden. But I'll tell you what, that all gets washed away. You know why? I can't stop and think about my, my payments, my bills, who, you know, the economy at all. When there are roving bands of extremists tearing down statues, defacing statues, burning buildings, and fighting the police in the street in various cities. Now, to be fair, it's not happening everywhere. And Trump may be making a mistake. So some people have speculated that the violence we're seeing is being amplified by well, people like me, for instance, because it, it, it is I do find it disconcerting that we're seeing these statues torn down across the country. But what is the average person talking about? Well, if they watch Fox News, they think they're seeing similar things. But if they don't watch Fox News and they watch CNN, they just see Orange Man bad and they're told Antifa doesn't exist. So when Trump comes out and focuses on this, he's making a bet. I think he's making the right bet for one reason. Tucker Carlson's ratings are the highest in cable TV history, followed in, in second place with Hannity. The, so you're getting a high concentration, a large group of people very active in following stuff. Perhaps these people will start speaking. It's hard to know for sure. CNN is seeing a rating surge, and there are many more channels that are not Fox News. So it's possible that you have many more people who don't know about what's going on and don't care. Donald Trump is focusing on building statues, protecting statues, and stopping the far left violence. But is this something regular Americans are paying attention to? I am, because this kind of, kind of stuff, 
is what I care about. If you don't care about the violence and the protests and you're only watching CNN, well, then you're being lied to and you believe ridiculous things. To be fair, I don't think Fox News is perfect either. I think you'll get misled to a certain degree there as well. And I'll also be fair and say, I don't think even if you, if you, you should not only be watching any one source, you should definitely watch multiple sources. But let's see what the potential is. Why, why would Donald Trump win on this one? They say, according to a poll con, uh, to, uh, conducted by the Washington-based think tank Democracy Institute, President Trump is neck and neck with his rival Joe Biden on 40%. However, Mr. Trump would win the electoral college system by 309 to 229 because he is on course to win the crucial swing states, including Florida, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, where he outpolls President, uh, Vice President Biden by about four percentage points. The findings come as the U.S. president went to the iconic Mount Rushmore to make a speech about the angry mobs. He told crowds of supporters, there is a new far left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. If you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. Not going to happen to us. According to the poll, the concerns over the effects of the protests appear to be boosting Mr. Trump's chances, even though his campaign is believed to be flagging. I mean, lagging or what? Given a choice between which phrases identified their views, 71% chose all lives matter, while 29% picked black lives matter. Let me ask you something about that. We've seen this before. There have been two other polls showing most people have a positive view of all lives matter, and most people do not have a positive view of black lives matter. So what happens when you turn on your favorite video game and a message pops up? I'm not kidding. I think this was destiny if you're you're familiar with the game. And it's like, you know, black lives matter. What happens when you pop up an Amazon? The first suggested list is black lives matter. If most people don't have a favorable view of this, even though they're being inundated by it, what does that suggest? It suggests the efforts by the left, by these corporations, whatever, to pander is not working. In fact, it may be backfiring. I would argue it's possible if you inundate every single person with this message and their reaction is negative, you are actually hurting yourself. Maybe people are sick and tired of it. I'll tell you something, man. You know, a lot of people say anecdotal evidence is meaningless. And I think, uh, and, you know, it's fair within reason. But let me tell you, when I see all this stuff, the violence, and it shocks me to my core when they burn down businesses and target minorities, you hear what happened the other day with Lady Antebellum? This band changed their name to Lady A because Antebellum, I guess, is racist or something. It's three white people, I guess. And now they're suing a black woman who actually has the name Lady A to, to, to take her name from her. This stuff is insane. So no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying. They actually care about this stuff. But the crazy thing to me is when I get a message from friends of mine from Chicago who are longstanding Chicago Democrats, apparently it means you're a conservative. That's that's what the far left says, who tell me things like they're sick and tired of it. They're over it. They don't care anymore. They want to go back to watching sports. I'm like, man, maybe these people are getting angry and they're going to go vote Trump. What if because of the violence, violence, we see what we saw in the UK, a 100 year defeat for the left areas that have never voted, you know, red in 100 years or so vote red. What if we see areas of Chicago vote for Donald Trump? Maybe because of the violence. You, I don't know if you, you guys remember the story. I, I covered it. There was a leaked phone call between some aldermen and the mayor of Chicago. Uh, if you're not familiar, the aldermen are neighborhood politicians. They represent neighborhoods. And in this leaked call, they were cussing each other out. One guy was like, 
You you raised the bridges to downtown Chicago, forcing all the rioters into neighborhoods where people live. See, downtown Chicago, some people live there for sure, but it's mostly not. It's mostly businesses. Actually, I don't know. I'm not sure if people actually live down there. I bet they would. You know, to varying degrees, there's there's a condos and stuff within the downtown area. And I guess there's dorms too. But the neighborhoods lie outside. And within a few miles of downtown Chicago, you will start to see nothing but a grid of streets and houses. I'm sure it's the same for many different cities. When the rioters couldn't get into the city because the bridges went up, they turned around and started going through neighborhoods. And the alderman were, was angry and he was swearing and, and the mayor was swearing back. And he's like, you are, you are sending these people to our homes. What happens to these little neighborhoods that saw this violence and rampaging and they're angry and they blame the mayor? What happens when the alderman comes back and says, blame her? She's the one who closed the bridges to protect the financial interests in the, in the, in the city that pushed these rioters to your houses. They're going to be like, our. wouldn't that be crazy? I think it's very, it's fair to say we may see major, massive voter turnout for sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But look what they're saying. 71% chose all lives matter in this poll. That's huge. That's very, very huge. And it could be because a lot of people just don't know. They're not familiar. But I think the left's argument is amplified by social media, this fringe echo chamber that is driving these people insane. I tweeted about it earlier. Let me just tell you, and maybe I'll do a bigger segment on it later today, but let me just, let me just say, the right has their conspiracies. Fringe elements of the right with more kooky ideas get banned. You say, learn to code, they will ban you. The left can write insane things about Trump being a Russian agent, and it appears on mainstream TV. Right now, you have a viral video where Michael Flynn recited the, the I, I forget what it's called, but it's the oath you take, I think when you, when you join the military or something, your oath of the constitution. But he ended by saying, where, where, where we go one, we go all, which is the uh, QAnon uh, slogan, I guess. And all of a sudden, the media lit up, panicked. Egad, Michael Flynn, did he just say the QAnon words? And they were panicking. And I'm like, I, I, I don't care. I really don't care. Not, not, not really sure what it means. Whatever, fine, he said it. They're freaking out over this. What happened when that guy for, I think it was New York Mag, said Donald Trump may have been a Russian agent since the 1980s? They were like, come on our show and let's talk about it. Wow, could this be real? That's how, that's how the game is played. If you are on the right and you say something like Trump is fighting the deep state and an insider is leaking information, that to them is fringe chaotic conspiracy. And if you say something like Russia, uh, Trump is a Russian agent, they say, Really? That's the problem with how this enforcement works. So what do you think the regular American people think? What, what makes more sense? Trump is fighting uh, a cabal of insiders within the government who have special interests and are not elected. And somebody working with Trump is leaking information. I mean, that's ridiculously plausible. We know people are leaking information for the resistance. Now, personally, I don't believe the QAnon stuff. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm just saying, if I was to tell you, here's the, 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 the general you know, thesis Trump is a Russian agent who is conspiring with foreign agents to sub subvert our election. They're going to be like, that's nuts. And that was proven to be nuts. So I think at this point, people are looking at this. They're not following the news as much as you'd think. And the people who are, are being radicalized to an extreme degree. But regular people are probably going, what? This can't be real, can it? They say, meanwhile, with statues of presidents and other historic figures being attacked and pulled down across the U.S., 74% said they disapproved of the actions. 77% disagreed with, with the assertion supported by many Democratic politicians that Mount Rushmore 
was uh, was racist. Yikes, man. The polls show that 59% approved of the president's handling of the riots, but 40% want him to be tougher. 60% think Mr. Biden has not been critical enough. In addition, and you know, it's funny. Some people have said, what has Biden done about the riots? And they're like, Biden's not in office right now. Biden hasn't said anything. Biden, Biden, for the most part, was asked about it. And he's like, well, we shouldn't tear down the statues. The Confederates, I guess, should go, should go to museums. But, you know, is that it? How, how come Biden hasn't come out and just dropped the hammer and said, enough. As president, I will stop this madness. Nah, because Biden is weak. Biden is fake. They say, according to the poll, 55% believe that Biden is suffering from cognitive problems. And 44% say it means that he, uh, they are less likely to vote for him. While 58% think age 77, he is too old to be president. So it says worse still is Mr. Biden's mental health. Uh, Patrick Basham, the director of Democracy Institute, said between now and Election Day, the factor that will, uh, will most influence the final outcome will be the debates between Trump and Biden. Should Biden regain some of his past skill at coasting through such encounters with moderate platitudinous <laughs> comments delivered with a smile, a little humor and even an everyman demeanor? he will retain a good chance of enjoying a very competitive election. But should Biden have even one senior moment during which he forgets what he is saying or where he is or the question posed to him, his chances of beating Trump will be somewhere between slim and none. Well, with Operation Legend, Trump is standing up for what he said. He is, he's holding true his, prom- his promise to actually enforce the law. I think that lends some evidence that there is a hope that Donald Trump could, could take it. I'll tell you what we need. The Republicans need to sweep because we desperately need Section 230 reform. Other than that, I'm not a fan of all the Republican policies, not at all. But the Democrats will not offer up 230 reform. This is the it, it, look. Section 230 gives protection to these big tech companies to censor people, essentially. That's what we need. We'll see how it plays out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Last night, a video of Don Lemon went viral. It was from 2013. And Don Lemon said that Bill O'Reilly didn't go far enough in criticizing the black community. I can't repeat what Don Lemon said on YouTube, because as it stands today, there is a good chance that even if I'm presenting you what Don Lemon said in a news context, YouTube will ban this video or at least argue that I'm I'm showing people who are presenting racist or hateful uh, statements. I would I would actually I think it's fair to say by today's standards, what we see from Don Lemon seven years ago would be considered a vile, racist, white supremacist rant on mainstream television. While Tucker Carlson roasts Don Lemon over it, but he brings up something, uh, he highlights something more important than just criticizing Don Lemon. Now, some people may look at this and say, see, Don Lemon is a hypocrite. They may say, see, back in 2013, Don Lemon was bringing up real concerns about the black community. What I think we're actually seeing is the rapid and dramatic radicalization of our society. And this is the proof. You see, this video from Don Lemon, let me read you a little bit. Newsbuster says Tucker trashes Lemon for laughing about rising crime, responds to calls to cancel show. Facing another set of calls from the anti-American, anti-free speech and ruthless mob to be canceled. Fox News Channel host Tucker Carlson doubled down on Wednesday on the previously uncontroversial, classically liberal values of debate and ideological diversity. As part of that, he eviscerated Don Lemon for laughing about rising crime in major cities. And as for how Carlson made the latter point, he cited none other than Lemon, that's what he says, Don Lemon himself from 2013. 
Carlson observed how, well, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to do, I'm, I'll say what Tucker says. Lamont thinks it's hilarious that children are being killed in the streets of major cities and therefore doesn't care because he has a highly paid news anchor and not a concern over at CNN. He goes on to highlight, well, let me read for him. The shootings and murders are the stuff he covers on television, not something that affects his life. In fact, the whole thing is kind of hilarious. Before invoking Lemon, Carlson framed the dismissals of rising urban crime as elites indulging the mob by attacking police officers, holding back law enforcement from normal people, while weak and vulnerable people of all races are paying the price. After the clip of Lemon and primetime host Chris Cuomo uh, was played, Carlson tied together to Lemon's lecturing of actor Terry Crews on Monday night and admitting that Black Lives Matter wasn't about the empowerment and safety of black lives. But he goes on to highlight a, a, I believe it's a July uh, 2013 comment from Don Lemon rant on his show. Okay, rant maybe is a little strong. CNN's Don Lemon, Bill O'Reilly's criticism of black community doesn't go far enough. I'm not going to read you this transcript. I'm sorry, I can't do it. You can Google search this if you'd like, if you want to see what Don Lemon said. I personally don't, I'm not going to act like it's the worst thing in the world. Maybe you saw, we talked a bit about this on the IRL podcast last night. But what I want to do here is I want to show you the example of, of how our country has been radically transformed in a very, very short period of time. There's the meme that goes around where you see, you know, that the top authoritarian left is love and hope and then everything else is far right. And that's true. You think it's a joke, but it's true. And, and, and it's because people in media like Don Lemon are playing this game where they're constantly trying to one up each other in an effort to generate rage, which will generate traffic and get them more attention. While the rest of us are shocked by how far they're going, we're standing in a similar position. In fact, I can prove to you that Republicans are becoming slightly more moderate and the far left is going insane. And that's why I'm showing you this, this, this article from here, uh, from Real Clear, Real Clear Politics. July 27. 2013, Don Lemon said Bill O'Reilly didn't go far enough criticizing the black community. Would you expect to read something like that, like, like that today? Could you imagine Don Lemon saying that Tucker Carlson doesn't go far enough? Wouldn't that be insane? Don Lemon, how is he to the right of Bill O'Reilly on these issues? It's because things were different back then. CNN learned who butters their bread in the Trump era. The orange man, bad narrative. Trump is bad. Everything is bad works. And so what happens is they have to keep moving further and further to the left in order to maintain that that viewership. I've shown this graph several times, but before I want, I want to come, it shows the left going far left. And I've, I want to talk about this. But before I do, I want you to take a look at this, this, this article, July 27, 2013 from Don Lemon, which Tucker Carlson had brought up in his criticism of Don Lemon. And I want to show you this. Trayvon Martin. You may be familiar with Trayvon Martin. He was killed February 26, 2012. Trayvon Martin inspired the creation of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, the the story of Trayvon Martin, obviously a lot of people uh, have different views on it. I'm not here to argue the merits of it, just to point out that the story was essentially, as the left viewed it, a young man who was accused of wrongdoing simply for looking like a thug. Maybe he had baggy pants. He was wearing a hoodie. And what was he carrying? An Arizona iced tea and a bag of Skittles. He got into a fight with a guy named George Zimmerman. Zimmerman was armed. Trayvon lost his life. Many people were upset by this. And this, I believe this was the catalyst for the Black Lives Matter movement. About a year later, 
Don Lemon attacked the very idea presented by the left of why Trayvon Martin had been attacked, talking about certain things within the community, family, the clothes they wear, their income, their schooling, their behaviors. It's really nasty stuff that I actually would say I think Don Lemon was being very racist. I do. Some people disagree. But the reason I think Don Lemon was being racist in this clip is that what he was saying in many ways had nothing to do with race, but he directed it at them as though the race was the cause for these behaviors that he was criticizing. But about a year after Trayvon Martin lost his life because people were saying he was accused of looking like a thug, Don Lemon goes on to say, yup, and Bill O'Reilly didn't go far enough. So how do we get to a point where Don Lemon is now the far left, orange man bad? And if I repeat, if I, if I show you a quote from him, I believe, here, 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 listen, I believe that if I just played Don Lemon's video, I'm sure the video's on YouTube and you can watch it. But considering the space we're in now, considering who I am, my channels, I believe it is a 50-50 chance that if I condemn what Don Lemon says and show you, I would still get flagged and still either get the video completely demonetized or outright banned with a guideline strike. If I said verbatim what Don Lemon said, just, just talking about the black community in the way he did, if I were to actually have those opinions, I would be banned. I would be banned instantly. I'd be, I, I'd be willing to bet they wouldn't care for three strikes. They would be nuke the channel outright. And that was only seven years ago. People don't realize the amount of, uh, that has been removed from our political discourse because of censorship on social media. It is devastating. It is extreme. And I've got more evidence that everything is being pulled further and further left. So let's jump over here real quick. This is, a, this is a story from the New York Times from, uh, this is from last May, so about just over a year ago. And what they do here is they take a look at European political parties. We can see median party. For those that are, that are listening, what we're looking at is a graph charting over the years, the Republican Party and Democratic parties leftward or rightward shifts. The median party line they present is Europe. I think by most metrics, if you ask anyone, Europe's political parties are left. At the very least, we can just say left. Some people might say far left. I'll just say they're on the left, right? Okay. Here's what we're seeing. According to the New York Times, between 2012 and 2016, around the time Don Lemon was saying these things, the Democratic Party, starting in uh, 2008, started shifting dramatically to the left. In 2016, four years ago, the Democratic Party was further left than the, than the median political party in Europe. So if you believe political parties in Europe are left, that would mean that in 2016, the Democratic Party was further left than the median European parties, which are already left. Dare I say, there is a relativity argument that it is far left. Where do you think the Democrats are today? Where do you think the Republicans are today? I would be willing to bet the Democratic Party is much further left than European political parties. Or it's fair to say that Europe has gone further and further left as well. So maybe it looks the same. But the Republican Party from 2012 to 2016 also moved left. Now, mind you, in 2000, it was seemingly about uh, even with 2008. From 2000 to 2004, the Republican Party moved slightly right, according to the New York Times. What they did was they analyzed language in in their manifestos. So, uh, for instance, they say the Democrats were placing greater emphasis on labor groups, equality and market regulation. The Republicans were placing uh, uh, greater emphasis, or I I should say, in 08, the Democratic and Republican manifestos emphasized much of the same topics, including international cooperation and the need for a strong, stable government. 
in 08, there was all, there was very, we were similar, the Republican Democratic Party. The Republicans have not changed all that much. And there's many other bits of data that backs this up. From 2012 to 2016, the Republican Party started moving slightly to the left. I would be willing to bet that if we did another assessment from 2016 to 2020, we would see the Republican Party has also moved very far left. Not relatively, not not nearly as far left as where the Democratic Party is or was, but the Republican Party has probably shifted very far left relative to where they've always been, moving them now further left than they've been than they've been in the past 20 years. Let me give you an example. Lindsey Graham facing tough reelection breaks with Trump. They say Lindsey Graham has publicly opposed President Donald Trump five times in the past few weeks, an unusual torrent of dissent from one of the president's top allies in Washington just months before the South Carolina Republican faces a tough reelection challenge. Since June 20th, Graham has blocked a Trump U.S. attorney nominee, criticized Trump's decision to put a temporary freeze on visas for foreign workers, split with the president about face masks during the coronavirus pandemic, and pressed the administration for information about alleged Russian bounties on American soldiers. Monday, Graham was at odds with Trump after the president alleged in a Twitter post that an apparent noose found last month in the Talladega Super Speedway garage of Bubba Wallace, NASCAR's only black full-time driver, was a hoax and called on Wallace to apologize to his NASCAR colleagues. Graham, speaking to Fox News Radio, said Wallace being upset about the noose made perfect sense to me. He said, I don't think Bubba Wallace has anything to apologize for, Graham said, adding that you saw the best in NASCAR when there was a chance that it was a threat against Bubba Wallace. All rallied to Bubba's side. I would be looking to celebrate that kind of attitude more than being worried about it being a hoax. They say the FBI investigated the incident. Turns out it was a garage pull rope. Trump didn't say that Bubba Wallace perpetrated a hoax. He said that it was a hoax. So he wanted Bubba Wallace to apologize. I don't see anything wrong with that. Lindsey Graham breaking from Trump and supporting the left wing cultural position. Now, I actually don't agree. I'm sorry, I don't disagree with Lindsey Graham. When Lindsey Graham says Bubba has nothing to apologize for, I mostly shrug. I think Bubba could have said, yo, sorry about that. I didn't actually see it. Someone told me they found it. That's my bad. He gave a half hearted apology saying, boy, that was embarrassing. We were embarrassed by this. But hey, the alternative would have been worse, right? So maybe an apology would have made sense. But the issue I'm bringing up right now is that across the country, there has been a dramatic and hard shift left in the past few months, which is shocking to most people considering COVID seemed to be erasing this far left surge. I'm now seeing friends of mine posting Marxism on Facebook, which is surprising. But what have we seen from Republicans over the past several months and even years? Have the Republicans done anything about censorship on social media? No. In fact, they've mostly agreed with the left. Let me give you a harsh, uh, a, a more realistic example. During the Trayvon Martin incident, where a fight broke out, or Michael Brown and Ferguson, some of these issues, Republicans, for the most part, were defiant and supporting the police and supporting the right to self-defense. In some of these instances, it was very much supportive of Castle Doctrine, Back the Blue, Blue Lives Matter, things like this. What happened with George Floyd? When this video came out, nobody, nobody came to the, to the defense of police. Initially, everyone, every single person, every conservative came out and said this was wrong. Even Donald Trump himself. This will show you that while I personally have always been a liberal leaning left, think that George Wallace, you know, I'm sorry, George Floyd, 
George Floyd should not have been killed, not George Wallace. George Floyd should not have been killed. And the police need to be held accountable for this. When we saw every conservative and every Republican come out and agree that was a dramatic cultural shift left for Republicans. I would have assumed many of them would have said something like Floyd shouldn't have resisted. He should have, uh, you know, he should he should have, you know, just comply with officers. There's videos of him staggering and falling down. I would have I, I, I was surprised to see that many of these high profile conservatives were just jumping on board with the Black Lives Matter message. This shows a leftward lurch on cultural issues for Republicans. So that's that, that's where we, we we've, we've gone in the past seven years. There's no real. Actually, I'll give you I'll give you another example, too. New Jersey's second district, Jeff Van Drew, a, 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 a Democrat, switched to the Republican Party and he won the primary overwhelmingly. He is a pro-choice Republican now. The entirety of the party is shifting left. Now, they want to say that people like me or, or, or former you know, liberals or disaffected liberals are conservative. And that's been the plan all along. And I've predicted this. I said it would happen. And here we are. Here's here's why how I've described it. The reason why I think that I'm typically safe on YouTube, why they don't ban me, even if I say things that are close to some people who have been banned, is that they want the wheel to spin one direction. Look at it this way. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing a hand air diagram for those that are watching, for those that are listening, I just explain to you. Imagine you have a, a wheel, half of a wheel, and you have the far right, the right, the center, the left, and the far left. If the whole wheel rotates and far left becomes left, center, uh, you know, left becomes center, center becomes right, and right becomes far right, then someone like me, who's, you know, used to be considered liberal, 10 years, about seven or eight years ago, or I would say actually six or so years ago, with the rise of, you know, Gamergate, cancel culture, and stuff like that, I went from being on the left to being in the center. The whole wheel rotated. The Republicans, who were very much back the blue, Blue Lives Matter, criticizing Trayvon Martin, were washed out. They spun so far right, they started getting banned from, from social media. The right became the far right. People like Tucker Carlson became the far right. The wheel is rotating once again, and it's happening fast. I was once a leftist, you know, I was once a liberal progressive you know, 12 years ago that became left. Then it became center about six years ago. Now, as of today, that center has rotated once again, and they're arguing Tim Pool is conservative. Jeff Van Drew, pro-choice with a 100% rating from Planned Parenthood, is now right wing, meaning Tucker Carlson, who was once on the right, has shifted to far right. In two years, three, four years, what'll happen? they, They will shift the wheel again. And then I will become from right to far right. Tucker Carlson will be banned for being, you know, the worst of the worst. They're already trying to do it. They claim every day that Tucker Carlson is a white nationalist or whatever, that he's far right. When Tucker Carlson is actually, by any basic standard, center right. But they have shifted the wheel. Now, I've told you what I think the solution is. Complete and total Section 230 overhaul. Needs to be reformed. And I think it needs to go a little bit further than the DOJ has even offered up. The only way this happens is if the Republicans sweep in November. They need the House, they need the Senate, and they need the presidency. I'm not convinced we'll see it. We might. We might if people reject this and they're scared of how fast things are shifting, like I showed you with Don Lemon. 
The reason I think they tolerate me is that they want me. So, so here's, here's what I think is going to happen. When the wheel rotates and a bunch of people fall off the cliff because they're pushed out for being called far right, Tucker Carlson, for instance, in the next couple of years, when they ban Tucker Carlson, they want to make sure there's still some semblance of something they can call right wing. Someone like me, even though I'm pro-choice. Ah, but wait, so is Jeff Van Drew, now a Republican. You see where we're going with this. I'd be willing to bet in that two to four years, every single Republican will be full on pro-choice with the argument being certain restrictions like no third trimester abortion. Whereas it used to be you were pro-life if you were a Republican. And Democrats were the ones who said some restrictions safe, but rare. It's going to be in a few years, the, the, the far left will be so insanely fringe, but tolerated. The wheel is spinning because social media companies, they, they, they will ban people on the right and they won't ban people on the left. So what happens is it's a, a, probably a better way to look at it. It's not, it's not that the wheel is spinning at all, but that what is considered acceptable opinion changes very rapidly because these people are playing a game of telephone over and over again and constantly trying to one up each other. That's how Don Lemon evolved into the, 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 the person that he is today. Jonathan Haidt cites a couple uh, interesting articles from the New York Times and from the Atlantic about how we've become so pol- uh, so polarized. You can you can follow Jonathan Haidt if you want to see these tweets and see these articles. But what I see happening is if a conservative comes out and talks about a fringe conspiracy theory like, you know, Hillary Clinton and pizza and all that other weird stuff, they get banned outright. The media attacks them. The media says these people are crazy. Then they demand that Facebook remove misinformation and Facebook does. The left then for years claims that Donald Trump may be secretly colluding with Russia or at worst a Russian agent since the 1980s. And the media lets these people come on the air to espouse that message. So the shift, here's the wheel, the right has been cut off and the perspective gets skewed. Left-wing fringe conspiracy is allowed. Left-wing fringe ideology is allowed. And then over time, everyone in the conversation shifts left in a desperate attempt to stay within the boundaries of what is considered acceptable social speech. What do we get? We get pro-choice Republicans like Jeff Van Drew. And I'm not, I, I, I like the guy. I'm not saying this to, uh, to, to disrespect him. I'm just pointing out the Republican Party is being pulled far left very, very quickly. You get Lindsey Graham and many other Republicans standing up and defending Black Lives Matter, where years ago they would have been critical of it, responding with Blue Lives Matter. You get people saying outright that a regular old Trump supporter is a far right Nazi extremist or whatever. They're now claiming that Parler, which is conservatives, is far right extreme. First, it was Gab. And Gab and a bunch of other social platforms did have many white nationalist users because it was a free speech platform. Well, now that they've been essentially excised, Parler emerges. So what do they do? Now, if you're on Parler and you're a regular conservative Trump supporter, not far right, they will call you far right because the wheel is shifting once again. In response, the Republican politicians worried about losing reelection, just join in and move accordingly. Lindsey Graham now starting to sound like a centrist on cultural issues when it comes to, for instance, the Bubba Wallace. There's no there's there's nothing wrong with criticizing Bubba for jumping the gun on this story and claiming that someone went after him. But this is what we're going to get. You can see the this is evidenced by Don Lemon. Man, what he said by today's standards is so far right. He would be banned from YouTube if he said it. I would if I said it. All you need to do is look back at these old videos. Makes me wonder why then they want to cancel people. Why do they want to go back in time and cancel people for the things they said? Because they want to shift the wheel further and further left, and they want to make sure you don't remember how things used to be. 
That's very important in a cultural revolution. Why did they tear down Frederick Douglass? Well, let me just tell you, we don't know who did tear down the statue of Frederick Douglass. According to some locals, they believe it was the far left and they tried throwing it into a river. And based on the, you know, what we've seen so far, it's not right wingers going around tearing down statues. It actually is in line. You see, Frederick Douglass represents liberty and our history. He represents how Americans actually recognized the rights of the people. They need to remove images that represent true freedom, liberty, if they, if they want to make you forget. You need to understand why it's so important these people burn books and why they did, because people don't understand it. So many people take our knowledge for granted. You need to understand before the American Revolution, the people of, of the world did not understand that you could self-govern. Their rulers were divine. Their kings were appointed by divine mandate. The king was the king. So be it the will of the Lord. And there was an ideological revolution. Wait a minute. We can govern ourselves. That knowledge was not inherent to human beings. It was a learned philosophy. They want to destroy this. When they burn books, ban movies, and ban art, it is more serious than you realize. And they'll give you all the fake reasons in the book, but it is happening. The Republicans are playing the game all the same as the far left. And I'd imagine in two to four years, it'll be worse than you could imagine now. I'm not sure how you reverse it unless the Republicans sweep and we get hard 230 reform, forcing these companies to allow legally protected speech, in which case people will go ham and reignite those conversations that were happening from Don Lemon in 2013. That's how dramatic the change has been. I like to think back sometimes to, you know, the invention of the wheel. And I think back to the people who invented things that we think are, are simple. Because we've been raised and educated, we understand, understand very simple concepts like, for instance, electricity. You could take probably the average American, drop them in the middle of nowhere, and they would have a basic understanding of electricity. Not enough to create a supercomputer. But on their own, they could write some things down that would give a major head start to a primitive civilization. There are so many things we understand. Levers, basic math, multiplication, division. These things were not known to humans until it was developed. And the, the, the invention, the, you know what's really amazing? Did you ever re read about the, the, the discovery of zero? Humans didn't understand what zero was. It was a major discovery. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Imaginary numbers, negative numbers, variables. These are major discoveries that we now just know because we were raised with it. Tremendous advantage. That's why they burn books. They don't want you to understand that you can be in control of your own life. If they destroy the works of people, say John Locke or the statues of Frederick Douglass or, or abolitionists, they remove the ideas and then people won't just recreate these ideas. Some will, but they will ban that knowledge. So the average person will never know. There's so many philosophical concepts we don't know, but it's amazing to me. Really, you should read about how we discovered air. Think about it. We just know air exists. Yeah, of course, it's there, right? Before we actually did the exper experiments and someone discovered it, no, they didn't know. It's because there's nothing. Like, I can hold up an object and say, here's an object. There's nothing around it. There is atmosphere. And it was discovered, my understanding is because they used to have these brass uh, balls, spheres, with a tube coming out, and you would dip it in water put your thumb over the end and the water would stay in it and you could use it to shower. This dude puts his thumb over the end and puts it in the water, 
pulls it out and no water went inside it. And that said to him, there must be something, something blocking this water. And that was the discovery of air. To us, we just know air exists. We know we breathe. We know these things. We went to school. Education is important, real education. That's why they want to destroy knowledge. That's why they want to ban YouTube channels. That's why they want to ban books, ban movies, ban art. That's why they want to shut down Tucker Carlson, because he is telling you these things. And when they remove him, those ideas go along with it. And we're only a few years out from it getting worse than it's ever been. But maybe November will turn things around. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all. I will see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, the individual in Long Island who claimed he got hit by an SUV lied. And it's weird because apparently they went to the hospital and they filmed it and they're like, oh no, woe is me. The guy was released without charges. And as it turns out, Black Lives Matter protester lied about being hit by a car and they will be charged. I'm not surprised by the story. It's the name of the game. Hate crime hoaxes, MAGA country, whatever it happens all the time. How many videos do we have of Trump supporters being attacked or, or beaten or insulted or harassed for expressing their support for the president. And then we have all of these other stories on the other side that turn out to be hoaxes. Look, they cheat. That's what they do. You see, this story isn't the only story I have for you. There's another story out of Oregon where a guy wrote a fake letter harassing himself and then admitted it because it spiraled out of control. How many times do we have to deal with the lies and the deception? And how, how many, I, I'm just confused. I'm confused why these people keep falling for it. How many bunk stories have to come out about Russia, Trump, conspiracies, fake news before people finally say, hey, they're lying to us. Apparently, there is no number. They can just keep doing it and it keeps working. Let's start with the first story from News 12 Long Island. Black Lives Matter protester lied about being hit by car. It's a rather short story, but I got to be honest. A man who claims he was hit by a car during a Black Lives Matter protest is facing charges for allegedly lying about the incident. Police say Keith Harrison was at the protest on Monday when cops say a quorum man hit a pedestrian in Huntington Station. Harrison of Hempstead told cops he was also hit, but investigators say the photos show he was not hit. Meanwhile, driver of the SUV, Anthony Cambarari, is charged uh, with assault and is accused of hitting another protester. So there you go. It's a stupid story. Protesters are making up, trying to pl- pretend they're victims. We saw something in Times Square the other day where they cl- the news published this big story saying an SUV plowed into the protesters, when in reality, the car was stopped and the protesters were deflating the tires and jumping on it and banging on it before they slowly inched forward and then drived away. And that's what the media does because they fall for it all the same and they're not interested in doing their jobs. And that's how we end up with stories like this as well. Oregon politician who claimed he received anonymous racist and homophobic letters sparking a police investigation, confesses he wrote it himself and says the stunt spiraled out of control. I'm sorry, man. I'm just so sick of it. It's going to keep happening because that's that's just the, the country we live in now. We actually have people who are so desperate to prove their victims, they stage the attacks against themselves. Meanwhile, when you have a Trump supporter actually get attacked, or when a vehicle is being pounded on and jumped on and tires deflated, it's the, the perpetrators are the victim. When you had these dumb protesters dancing on the highway and a guy crashed into him, he's the one who gets arrested and nobody comes and arrests the protesters for standing and dancing on the highway, which you can't do. It's illegal. They are obstructing a highway. That's what we get. Here's the story on the other guy. 
An Oregon politician admitted to writing a racist and homophobic letter to himself after previously claiming it was left anonymously in his mailbox. Jonathan Lopez alleged he received the letter in late June, warning him that he was not welcome in the area and that people like him are, 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 you know, are targeted with violence. I'll put it that way, are killed. It was signed, Sincerely America. Hammerston police revealed Monday that their investigation found Lopez penned the hate-filled rant himself and made false statements to the police and on social media. Police say the criminal investigation into the intimidation has now been closed, but that Lopez may be charged for initiating a false report. What do you mean he may be? Just do it. Just just arrest the guy. Lopez claims he never meant to file a police report and only wanted to use the fake letter as an example, but the case spiraled out of control. From the onset, this alleged incident has been thoroughly investigated, police chief Jason Edmonston told East Oregonian. Our investigation has shown that Mr. Lopez wrote the letter himself and made false statements to the police and on social media. The politician claimed to have received the racist letter on June 23rd from an anonymous person. The next day, he told police and local media that he did not know who sent it and had found it in his mailbox. I am not going to read some of this letter, though it is um, it is blurred. Mr. Lopez, F you and your, wow, I, I I don't know what that word is, and choir loving self. You're not welcome here and will never. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to read. This is stupid. It's, it's riddled with typos. It's obviously fake. F you, you Mexican or whatever. And then it says, sincerely, America. He shared the letter publicly to, uh, uh, to Facebook with certain sections blurred out, claiming he had been told he was not welcome here. And then they read the letter. In a post accompanying the letter, he wrote that he had no resentment from whoever wrote this. As an American-born man who served in the USCG, Fire and Rescue Services, I'm also proud of where my parents and grandparents were born. I have lived a life full of obstacles and challenges, including racism. There is no room or tolerance of that. He had removed his social media profiles as of Wednesday. They say Edmonston said that he was disgusted to learn that Lopez was responsible for the letter and that his actions needlessly added to racial tension across the country. The time spent on this fictitious claim means time lost in other matters, not to mention it needlessly adds to the incredible tension that exists in our nation today. As a lifelong resident of this diverse community, I am disgusted someone would try to carelessly advance their personal ambitions at the risk of others. Gee, why is this so common? Bubba Wallace found a noose in his garage, the victim of a violent, or I'm sorry, a vile racist attack. Except that was a garage pull rope. Jesse Smollett said two people approached him yelling, this is MAGA country. And why? In the Jesse Smollett story, the police said they believe he did it because it was going to increase his salary. It was going to give him a negotiating position. That's, that's, all, that's what it's all about. This guy was trying to generate press. First of all, why are people so stupid they would do this? And second of all, why are they so stupid they can't pull it off properly? What you, this, 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 it's, oh, it's just such trash. And people do this all the time. And I tell you what, man, how many times this happens where we don't actually ever get confirmation it was fake news? Well, here we go. Here's another story. Check this one out. This is what we can expect to, uh, to get in, in the future of policing. Now, mind you, this, this next bit is from Vancouver. Investigators would like to speak with the driver responsible for defacing a recently installed pride crosswalk at 16th Street and Esquimalt Avenue. If you have information, please call. And here's a photo. You see, they painted a crosswalk a rainbow. 
And there is a tire tread mark over this. They then show someone driving a car over this and making a turn. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now apparently a crime. They have, they have, they have, here's what they said. Crosswalk update. We have identified the driver of the vehicle involved in the incident. Thank you for those who have come forward with information. Sticks Hexenhammer, because he's usually the top post on Twitter, said, you're too dumb to solve actual crimes. So I am glad you are proud of yourselves for this major victory. I agree, Sticks. It is now apparently investigation worthy to drive on a road. You painted on a road. Someone drove over it. Tires sometimes leave marks. This is what you get. When it's not a hoax, they will still investigate this stupidity. Now, again, this is Canada, so sure. And West Vancouver PD is getting ratioed. But come on, it's happening in New York City as well. From the Daily Caller, painters have, be- have began work, begun work on a Black Lives Matter mural on the street outside of Trump Tower, NYC. There it is. This is what, this is, this is what we get. Somebody will, will say a fake hate, a hate crime or hoax or whatever. It'll become a major story. Everyone will, will cry and weep over it. When it turns out it's fake, nobody cares. The only people who care are people like us, I guess, who want to know the truth. Now, they'll, they'll accuse us of saying we won't cover it. You know, when, when, when the hate crime actually happens, we won't cover it. No, 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 no. Hold on. I will. Look, the guy drove over the rainbow thing. You want, it, you want to find the guy? There you go. I'm covering it. I'm talking about it. Now they're painting a Black Lives Matter mural in front of Trump Tower. Sure, I'm talking about it. They are, they are engaging in these acts that are overtly biased, where they grant favorable coverage and protection, but then sure enough, they don't care to present to the other side. Let me tell you, if they're going to paint Black Lives Matter in the street in New York, then what happens when someone paints literally anything else? Are they going to grant a permit? What we will likely see, in my opinion, lawsuits across the board. Yet in that, it was, it was a cost of county, California, I'm not entirely sure. When they painted over the Black Lives Matter mural, that was a hate crime. So this is, this is where we are as a country. We have people just in general, knowing they can empower themselves, they can bolster their careers, they can make money by doing this. Many of them get away with it. It's the stupid people who get caught. And when it's not being staged, the city is sanctioning political messages being written on our streets. I can't, I can't imagine why somebody would want to live in New York City at this point. Now, maybe if you're a fundamentalist fanatic for intersectionalism, you're cheering the fact that your religious message is being plastered all over the streets. But if you're not, what are you still doing there? You can work remotely now. You can get away from all of this. I certainly feel like it. Some people are, there's something, they're calling it right flight, I guess, conservatives fleeing cities. I don't think that's true. I think people in general are trying to get away from all of this because if you're going to get arrested or investigated at the very least because you drove over a crosswalk and left a mark with your car, why would I want to be anywhere near these, these lunatic fanatics? I would not. I do not want to live in a country where they want you to agree with their weird, freaky worldview. And if you don't, they'll pretend like they're victims, use that to empower themselves and stupid people won't speak up to save their own lives. So you know what? I'm not surprised many people are fleeing the cities. But there you go, man. It's not the first. It won't be the last. We will see it again. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Civil war, civil war. Yeah, yeah. It gets talked about a whole lot. But I saw this story, and I thought it was very important to add context or, you know, just to keep people informed about what's happening, but also to make some predictions. U.S. Army message. 
Make America Great Again, Columbus Day, are signs of white supremacy. Now, I don't want to overstate this. I guess somebody sent an email out to uh, members of the military that said, saying things like make America great again is covert white supremacy. So here's, here's, here's why I want to talk about this. Look, first of all, Joe Biden is absolutely going to start adopting far left policies from, say, the likes of Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez. We can expect more of that after 2024. And if Joe Biden wins 2020, we can expect a lot more of it. But here's what I think. I've, I've had conversations with people about whatever civil conflict would look like. And you need to understand that even within the army, not everybody is a conservative. This is something I, fi- I found really interesting because growing up in Chicago, the mentality is people who join the military are all far right, all conservative, flag waving, you know, make America great again, right? They're not. There are many people who are in the military who are liberal leftist. There was a famous photo of some guy. I can't remember what branch he was in or what it was, but he was holding up a sign saying like in his hat hidden saying communism will win. He got in trouble, I guess. But here we can see there are people in the army to, or, or associated to a certain degree who agree with the far left ideology. So what happens when you're split down the middle? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you, but I'll read the story from Breitbart. U.S. Army email sent after the 4th of July to its military and civilian members included a graphic which claimed saying the phrase make America great again is evidence of white supremacy. The graphic listed other behaviors it deemed evidence of white supremacy, including celebration of Columbus Day, the denial of white privilege, talking about American exceptionalism and saying there is only one human race. That's right. If you say there's only humans. That's apparently white supremacist. Congratulations. The graphic listed other behaviors. All right, then I'm sorry. The email invited all soldiers and Department of the Army civilian personnel to attend the U.S. Army's Operation Inclusion Seminars on July 8th and 9th at the Redstone Arsenal Army Base in Alabama. The email was sent by Cheney P. Pickard from the U.S. Army Aviation and Missile Center using an official government email. The message named the U.S. Army Equity and Inclusion Agency and Assistant Secretary of the Army, Manpower and Reserve Affairs as authors. Okay, there it is. The Army has an equity and inclusion agency. I don't know how I would feel if they had, say, like a communion and confirmation agency or affirmation of faith in the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ agency. Maybe they do fine, whatever. I'm not a big fan of religious branches or agencies of the military. Why are we paying for that? Rep. Mo Brooks, who caught wind of the email, blasted the deeply offensive and racist U.S. Army Operation Inclusion content and demanded the firing and prosecution of Army personnel who used government resources to distribute political propaganda. Brooks said the email is in clear violation of the Hatch Act, which bans government personnel from engaging in political activity while at work. Now, here's the graphic. This is a truly, truly sight to, this is a sight to behold. Let me pull this up. Now it's kind of hard to see, but you can see if you look very closely, uh, there's things like expecting BIPOC to teach white people. That's white supremacy. Believing we are post-racial. That's white supremacy. Saying, but we are all one big human family is white supremacy. I kid you not. Then there's overt white supremacy, socially unacceptable, like hate crimes and stuff that we get. This thing is loaded. All lives matter as white supremacy. Prioritizing white voices. This th- make America great again. There it is. Make America great again. You say that, you're a bigot. Well, of course, we knew that one. Huh? 
The seminars are part of a listening tour for the Army's Operation Inclusion led by the U.S. Army's Inclusion Advisory Team. Disturbingly, the Army chose Redstone Arsenal as the first location on a tour that will cover all Army four-star commands, Brooks added. Brooks has sent a letter to U.S. Army Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy demanding an investigation. Numerous Redstone Arsenal employees have expressed outrage to me about the U.S. Army blatantly violating the Hatch Act and, in effect, labeling patriotic Americans white supremacists and racists if they say or do dozens of things outlined in the U.S. Army email. You call it political. I call it religious. Fine. I don't care. Shut it down. I'll tell you what, man. The U.S. Army has an office of inclusion and equity. Yeah. What do you think happens when the morality police come to your neighborhood? Do you think the Insurrection Act will protect you? Do you think the National Guard will protect you? No. We are in very strange times, I might add. And you have fanatics who are tearing down statues. And these fanatics are a part of the army. Brooks added McCarthy to answer the following. One, who within the Department of Army is responsible for the creation of the email and document? Who within the Department of the Army approved the email and document? Pursuant to the creation and approval of the document, was there a violation of either a Hatch Act or DOD directive? If a violation of the Hatch Act uh, or, or DOD directive is found to have occurred with those responsible, will those responsible be held accountable for their actions? If it is found that a violation occurred, which seems pretty obvious, how will those federal employees be held accountable for their illegal conduct? Look, the, the Office of Equity and Inclusion is itself a political statement. Copies of the letter also went to President Donald Trump, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, and Attorney General William Barr, among others. The Army confirmed it sent out the email but claimed it was sent in error and immediately recalled the Army has initiated an internal investigation to find out what happened. On, Ju- on July 6, 2020, a Project Inclusion listening tour handout, which is just, you know what? I'm just so sick of the pathetic inability to call this out. You want to call it the email? What is Project Inclusion? What do these things mean? They're overtly political. Come on. The whole thing's a violation of the Hatch Act. We, we have religious groups operating as, as uh, sanctioned agencies within the army. Spare me. They say it included two unapproved pages that were sent out in error and immediately recalled. Let me stop and just point out how stupid this is. The entire project should be dismantled because clearly the slides they sent out represent their political ideology, whether they tell you about their documents or not. If they're going to step in and say, we are doing this and here's the document. Oh, it's just the document that violates the Hatch Act, not the entirety of the program itself. No, clearly the document represents the program they're enacting. Why would removing the document have anything to do with anything? It's so pathetic. Look, man, Joe Biden is going to be adopting policy agenda, sleep, stealing agendas again. Here's what they say. Joe Biden is no stranger to plagiarizing and stealing from others. It has been part of his MO for years. It just so happens that Bernie Sanders is his latest victim. I, I, whatever, man. Look, I don't care if he's, if he's stealing. That's not the issue. The, the issue is that he's adopting far left policies. We have this cartoon right here on the right. And you can see it. Joe Biden leaning to the far left. So when you have the army putting out documents that claim make America great again is white supremacy. And you call that out. Hey, 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 whoa, about that. But you're ignoring the fact that they have an equity and inclusion agency and they're doing tours about equity and inclusion 
and Joe Biden himself is stealing from Bernie Sanders. The whole thing's going far left, man. When you have Republican senators that are defending Bubba Wallace and the whole, you know, uh, noose thing, the entire country has just lurched so far to the left, you will wake up one day not recognizing it. Now, some people have said to me that, you know, because I've, I've been a bit pessimistic, because like, what is, what is Donald Trump going to accomplish if the Republicans sweep Section 230 reform can restore free speech in the public sphere? That would be a major step in reversing this trend. But that's only what? Four years? What happens after this? Now, maybe, maybe the American people reject this mass lurch left. Maybe they'll vote, you know, for Trump. But I'm looking at even the Republicans. They ain't get anything done. They're, they're agreeing with the left, you know, the left cultural issues. Some people have said at least it buys time. Perhaps. Maybe that's the case. Right now, you have your choice between center right with the Republicans and Trump or far left. And that's it. And even if you vote for Donald Trump because you think it will maybe pull these people back from the far left, I do not believe it will. I don't, I'm not saying that it's all over, perhaps. But I think this country is headed to the left, and eventually we are going to be sucked into the black hole. The event horizon of the far left is fast, is fast approaching. And we have very little time to actually reverse course and try and restore balance in this country. Section 230 reform, in my opinion, Section 230 reform, in my opinion, will be an important step in solving this problem. But I'll tell you what, I don't know what you expect of me. When we literally hear that the army has an equity and inclusion agency, I mean, that's that out. Look at the U.S. Army Equity and Inclusion Agency. Well, there it is. The army has created far left intersectionalism branches. That is a religion in the army. They are there upholding, upholding the good word of white fragility, white rage and inclusion. And they're going to start pushing this fringe ideology they've begun with this email they are pushing the line and they will continue to do so. The fact that this is, this is the big ask. They come out with this email and everyone goes, I can't believe they would say this. And I'm sitting here going, whoa, 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 whoa. But why is there an equity and inclusion agency? Come on. Not too bad. You know, eventually they'll say, ah, the email's fine. You can't say MAGA. Trump will lose. And there you go. But, you know, I, I don't know enough about the army. Maybe this is a normal thing. Maybe it's been around for a long time. Sure, fine, whatever. But to me, I think it's shocking. I got one more segment coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around. I will see you all shortly. For those that have been following my content fairly uh, recently, you'd have heard me talk about the repeal Prop 209 amendment or whatever it is, or legislation in California, where they seek to repeal civil rights, civil rights legislation. It would specifically just strike the, the language from the California Constitution that says the state shall not discriminate based on you know race, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Now I can tell you why they want this to be. Some people have said it's because they want the right to discriminate against white people. Technically, yes, but that's only a portion. What they want is the right to discriminate, period. They want to hold certain racial groups back, prop certain racial groups up. And this is exemplified by how they treat Asian people. One of the reasons why I have serious concerns about it for obvious reasons is, you know, I'm part Asian. And I've seen what they do at Harvard and universities when they get mad that my community, well, albeit I'm only partially Asian, is successful. They don't like it. They want to hold that, hold us back. And the Asian community and the mixed race community are, are the smallest minorities in the country. Now you can see exactly what they do in Seattle. This is the, the fruition. 
the next step in their plan. And it is just happening. So we need perhaps the federal government to come in and say, you can't do this. Will they? Apparently they won't. We'll see, though. Maybe if Trump wins, he will finally drop the hammer on all this stuff. Seattle held segregated training, uh, segregated training session on undoing whiteness, encourage staffers to forfeit guaranteed physical safety. How is this happening in our country? I thought we were beyond all of this. I thought we won and the Civil Rights Act was law. Nope, they're undoing it. This is why we do constitutional amendments, right? Fox reports, the city of Seattle held a racially segregated employee training session aimed at white staffers and instructing them on undoing your own whiteness in order to be held accountable by people of color, according to documents obtained by a public records request. The session took place on June 12th as protesters took part in the so-called Capitol Hill organized protest in the Capitol Hill district. One handout distributed in the session declared how racism is not our fault, but we are responsible. Another said white staffers must give up the land and their guaranteed physical safety in order to be an accomplice for racial justice. I'll tell you where we're going, man. So the Supreme Court ruled today that the eastern half of Oklahoma is under the jurisdiction of the Muscogee Native American uh, nation. Within reason, I can respect, right, the rights of uh, of tribal land and, and reservations. But this was essentially dissolved back in 1907. We're talking about 113 years ago. Most people alive, dare I say, I think like literally everybody alive in this country, or at least 99.99% have no idea what happened. They weren't alive for that stuff. Most people in this country, the overwhelming majority, aren't even near 113 years old, let alone any of them being 113. I mean, maybe there's somebody somewhere. I don't know what the, the oldest person in this country is, but this is what's happening. Give up your land, they say. You're racist. It starts with Oklahoma. It starts with this jurisdiction and it will expand. The precedent has been set and they are demanding it. They say that America, uh, they say that empires only last a couple hundred years. And many people have speculated if we were overdue for a collapse. And maybe we are. Maybe Trump is just the remnants of the American ideology of true American liberalism. And I I don't mean that in the sense of uh, colloquial. I always clarify this. I'm not talking about liberals. I'm talking about liberalism, the true nature of the word, meaning classical liberalism or social liberalism. These are center left and center right positions that have been a guiding factor in ensuring equality under the law for everybody. Conservatives are adherence to the liberal ideology. I know many of them don't want to hear this, but it's true. I'm talking about the creation of this country, John Locke, etc., that we are a nation of by and for the people. Now, the word liberal has been corrupted and typically just means leftist from now, you know, but I'm not, I'm not talking about leftists. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about what this country is founded upon. It is collapsing. It is being dissolved. Maybe Trump is just a remnant of this. Perhaps it's too late. Now, I know a lot of people are saying I've been a bit pessimistic on this, but no, just hear me out. I'm not saying the world is ending, or your life is over, or you're going to lose your house and everything's doomed. I'm saying whatever this great American experiment was will be dramatically changed over the course of the next several years, and we will no longer have uh, an American nation. Now, you may, a lot of people may, may think that's literally the end of the world, and perhaps especially hard nationalists, especially those who support Trump. But Hillary Clinton got, you know, she got what, 65 million, was it, uh, votes? And Trump got like 60, 63 point something or, you know, around there or 62 point something. 
Maybe this idea of America first and pro-Trump and waving the flag of the founding fathers is now a minority position. Seems like it. Maybe it's not. Maybe there really is a silent majority. So let me put it this way. I'm not trying to be overly pessimistic, but when you see Seattle is doing this, where they're telling people to give up their land, when the U.S. Army has an office of equity and inclusion, you can see the ideology sweeping across this nation. And it's not just this country. It's happening in Europe, too. Why? I don't know. It's just an idea that people like. It's manipulative and exploitative. And maybe people really will give up their freedoms for this faith, which is taking over. You know what I find funny about all of this is that there's that song, you know, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I don't know if you all have ever seen the Zeitgeist film, but they talk about how before Christianity, it was the age of Aries and you had the ram's horn, you had Judaism. And then with the age of Pisces, you had the fish and they talk about religion being an allegory for the stars or whatever. Regardless of whether any of that's true, I often wondered if we would see, and this is like 10, 15 years ago, if we would see the rise of a new religion that would dominate our social and political structures in this new age, though we aren't actually in the age of Aquarius. But I wonder, like, will we ever see the, a, a rise of a new religion? And I wondered what it could be. For a while, I was thinking maybe Scientology. That was becoming prominent. That was a big deal. Maybe Mormonism. Man, and then eventually I saw, no, it's, it's intersectionalism. This is the new religion. It's in our military. It's in our governments. It's in our police force. It's in our big cities across the board. And it's just expanding. It's in our, every single major cultural institution. Every major corporate entity has now has an office of equity and inclusion. As far as I'm concerned, that's all just religious doctrine. You're, you're creating a chapel inside your popcorn factory when you do this. When I see that the U.S. Army is an equity and inclusion office, it may as well say that they're enacting a, you know, a, a cathedral of the office of the, the U.S. Christianity cathedrals. As far as I'm concerned, it's all the same thing. We have a separation of church and state. But this is something insidious and very different. And now it is in overt violation of the law, but nothing is being done about it because the law is irrelevant if the culture supports what's being done. I saw a, a, a friend of mine violate civil rights law on Facebook by posting job uh, uh, like, a, like a job offering for a specific race and gender, etc. And I was wondering how so many people get away with this because it's not just this one person. I see it happening all the time. And it's because within our government, within our law enforcement, they adhere to the same ideology. So they will not enforce the law. Now we have morality policing. Now they will paint whatever message they want. Now they will tell the white people to undo their whiteness, give up their land and physical safety in the name of equity and inclusion. Faith. These are overt violations of civil rights law. You do not have a right to do these things. We banned this stuff. But here it comes. Now, what do you think happens as this escalates? What will reverse this? I'm not entirely convinced it will be reversed. You see, when it came to the religious moral authoritarian right of my youth, that was waning. That was on the decline. This was a longstanding religion of thousands upon thousands of years, the founding of a nation upon many Christian ideals that held true for a long time, even though, yes, we had a separation of church and state. Basically, everybody in this country was Christian and basically still they, they still are. In fact, it's really amazing how so much of our cultural identity is tied to Christianity and people don't even realize it. But now we have the emergence of a new religion. It's expanding. 
It's in every layer of government across this country. I don't, I don't mean every government, but every layer. You've got small cities, you've got local jurisdictions, and it's, it's expanding. It's in the army. My prediction would be that this is the beginning, nowhere near the end. I do not see uh, uh, right now a way that you end it. There's no enforcement of the law. Too many people adhere to this religion. They're not going to just give it up. So what do I expect? I don't know, maybe a couple thousand years of ever expanding rule and government under this ideology. You are going to see it affect every layer of government. It will totally uh, take everything. We will be a country in maybe 100 years where we literally are an intersectionalist nation. Now, they won't call it a religion. There are academics right now seeking to call this out. But they're, they're, they're what, a remnant? They're, they're, they're not, how long is that going to last? There was a, a, a letter written that I've talked about where a bunch of liberals now panicking wrote a letter saying cancel culture is bad. And guess what? Many of these people got canceled. They're now being attacked for it. What, the, the, the co-founder of Vox was told, has committed to not engaging on Twitter. He was canceled. And they will still mock him and belittle him. Here's my prediction. For better or for worse, I see right now, regardless of whether or not Trump wins, in the next you know, several decades, this religion has already taken over. These people are in our colleges, they're Gen Z, they're millennial. And in the next 20, 30 years, they're going to be controlling every single major institution from economic to political to cultural. And they hold these views. So maybe not every single person in this country, but, the, but enough, enough to where they won't be held accountable. They will, viol- they, they will uh, 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 overtly break the law and no, nothing will be done about it. Adherence to this religion will get preferential access. They will be the majority and they will oppress the minority. Those who don't play to their religion will be negatively impacted. And to be honest, the people who do will also be negatively impacted. They'll make you go do these weird, freaky trainings. But hey, Google gobble one of us. What's the what's the alternative? You can be in the minority. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I don't think so. We see I, th- I think there's one way to reverse this. The last the last chance overhaul Section 230 so that the protections remain for these companies, but they must not remove legal speech. Otherwise, what I've predicted, I believe will come true. I will see you all tomorrow in the next segment at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. Adios.